This is Suno India Production. You can now listen to all our episodes on our Android and iPhone app. Download it now. On Indian television, the successful operation at Silkiara became a celebration. It's been more than 10 days and Silkiara has slipped from the popular media discourse. The Silkiara tunnel in Uttarakhand's Uttarkashi district has been in the news since November 12th, which is when one of its uh, under construction sections collapsed, trapping 41 workers. They were rescued on November 28th after several attempts by regional, national and international agencies and individuals, especially rat hole miners. But why exactly did Silkiara happen? The 4.53 km long tunnel between Silkiara and Barkot is part of the larger Chardham project. But what is the Chardham project and why should we talk about it? What does Silkiara collapse tell us about the Chardham project in the central Himalayas? Hi, I'm Sneha Richaria and you're listening to the Suno India show. On 27th December 2016, Prime Minister Narendra Modi initiated the foundation of a project. While addressing an election rally in uh, Dehradun for the 2017 Uttarakhand Assembly polls, Modi dedicated the project to the victims of the devastating June 2013 floods, which claimed over 4000 lives. The commitment was to construct a disaster resilient road network for the pilgrims. The project valued at 12000 crores aimed to establish expansive roads uh, leading to the four shrines of Badrinath, Kedarnath, Yamunotri and Gangotri. However, the proposed expansion of the existing 825 km road network in the Himalayas, particularly in an unscientific manner, raised concerns about potential environmental and social impacts. A closer look at the complaints against the project submissions in the Supreme Court reveals a lack of transparency from the Ministry of Road Transport and Highways and other involved agencies. To understand the contentions behind the Chardham project, I reached out to the members of Citizens for Green Dune, a Dehradun-based civil society group. Along with other stakeholders, they first approached the National Green Tribunal in February 2018 and then the Supreme Court in October 2018. We have Himanshu Arora, who is the president of Citizens for Green Dune, Secretary Anish Nal, Jaya Singh, Ira Chauhan and Ruchi Singh Rao, all members of Citizens for Green Dune. Thank you so much for joining this podcast because we've seen a lot of it in news now and despite the successful rescue operation that we saw uh, it is very important uh, for us to understand the contentions regarding the larger Chardham project of which this tunnel that was being constructed between Silkiara and Barkot was a part so himanshu i want to come to you first uh, how do we understand the reported violations that are associated with the chardham project so as we know that there is a lot of construction of tunnels cutting through the mountains happening so what are the violations and how do we understand them actually it was a total 900 km stretch of road uh, the project was total of 900 km but to just to bypass the eia that is environment impact assessment they divided the project into 53 parts less than 100 km because uh, for more than 100 km you need an eia and if eia would have been done then we would have uh, avoided this tragedy of uh, silkiara or whatever 200 uh, or people have died in this uh, uh, during the construction of this project so they divided it into 53 parts and uh, to just to bypass the ei that was a very gross violation of their own uh, uh, norms which they have made their 
own guidelines they have formed never in the website of morth chardham project was uh, one project it was uh, it was listed as 900 uh, as 53 different projects and moreover there are the contractors are from maharashtra from rajasthan from up how they know the ecology of uttarakhand how they know the ecology of to work how they know the system to work in the you can't uh, implement the development system of plains and hills so what that has that is that is what has gone wrong can you walk us through the legal timeline uh, since you had approached the national green tribunal in february 2018 and until when veteran environmentalist uh, dr ravi chopra's resignation came that we later saw he did citing that the recommendations of the panel uh, were not uh, in fact implemented he was heading the high powered committee constituted by the supreme court yeah when we in the uh, last of 2017 and the beginning of uh, 2018 uh, there were news of uh, rampant tree felling uh, in the uh, lesser himalayas and uh, some locals also approached uh, regarding their concerns about this so after uh, after investigation we found that this is for the project name chardham and in after uh, due investigation we filed a case in ngt in february 2018 so after uh, that in september 2018 the ngt uh, actually there was in august 2018 uh, we got a setback when the court asked that they will uh, a new bench will hear the case all again so we, we went to the supreme court and the supreme court said that the old bench will uh, only the only complete the case and so in uh, in uh, in uh, around uh, october 2018 Uh, we got a judgment from from NGD where we didn't got got much relief, so we moved to Supreme Court. In two thousand October two thousand eighteen, we filed a case in Supreme Court, and uh, after that, that the case continued for around a year or so, around uh, till two thousand nineteen. HPC was constituted by the Supreme Court to look into the uh, uh, the whole uh, construction part of the Chardham project. On 8th August 2019 the court gave directions for the formation of a high powered committee to review the project and gave recommendations to minimize its impacts by then several project stretches were already under construction then in 13 July 2000 HHPC gave the final report and in 18 September 2020 20 justice nariman passed an order uh, of 5.5 intermediate width committee members could not agree on how wide the roads should be for a project some wanted narrower roads for environmental reasons following a government circular others preferred wider roads for strategic purposes citing an older government circular while widening roads may seem like it eases traffic flow by giving vehicles more space digging into hillsides can make slopes really unstable potentially triggering landslides so supreme court initially sided with the narrower road but the ministry of defense stepped in asking for wider roads especially near the indo china border eventually the government modified its circular to allow for wider roads in strategic hill areas that time the in fact court actually filed court actually decided on that that intermediate width will be good for the chahili areas and for the chardham project so in spite of morth in spite of morth giving a 2012 affidavit regarding the 2012 notification but court actually 
took up the 2018 notification so but after that uh, uh, when we won the case in 2021 january 2021 uh, government of india through ministry of defense filed an affidavit that uh, the 5.5 intermediate width road will not be good for the defense of the country so uh, we fought that we, we again uh, got into the case and uh, 14 december 2021 the final uh, uh, judgment came and that was against the supreme court's own judgment of uh, 2020 which was uh, given by justice nariman this time the justice was justice chandrachur but the supreme court uh, this has happened rarely that supreme court has uh, overturned. overturned its own uh, decision so the 14 december 2021 uh, the decision went against uh, us and the dlps with double uh, length paved double, double lane paved, paved shoulder was uh, implemented by the or uh, asked to be implemented by the court and uh, 27 january 2022 uh dr ravi chopra resigned from the hpc the high powered committee because uh, he also thought that that, that was not a good uh, decision for the, uh, the for the himalayas jayji you want to add something but one thing more that despite the fact that there were two uh, non defense roads there has been a blanket widening of roads to 10 meters because those non defense roads could have stayed at 5.5 but they have gone ahead to make those also the only region which is not uh, which hasn't seen the broadening as yet has been the bhagirathi eco sensitive zone environmentalist and high powered committee member himant dhyani told news portal the wire and i quote Initially the defense ministry had asked for 7 meter wide roads however after ministry of road transport and highways modified circular the ministry asked for even wider 10 meter roads he also said that the project was not designed based on any defense specific requirements adding that the defense ministry intervened in the case only quote unquote to serve the mods agenda for dlps roads meaning a six lane highway We have also seen the instances like division of the project, the illegalities in felling of trees, and unscientific hill cutting, as you were pointing out. All these have made headlines. But coming to Silkiara, I mean, there are a lot of conversations about how the construction norms were broken, and for example, the escape passage that was being talked about. So, can you take us through what exactly happened at Silkiara? Ah, uh, Silkiara is a fallout of the. Uh, shoddiness in which the project was done actually the eia should have been done and had the eia been done properly all these uh, things should have could been, have been yeah it it could have been avoided and uh, things would have been taken care of so when you do environment impact assessment you take into consideration everything so even the geology of the place would have come into picture now uh, a large part of silkiara tunnel is made up of sheared rocks now sheared rocks are very very broken uh, oh yeah it's uh, yeah very very fragile and if you tamper with them they are bound to collapse so our uh, point is that we are not against the roads we are not against the tunnel we are not against the development because we also know that in the hills connectivity is required but what we wanted to ensure was 
you build the tunnels you build the roads you build the infrastructure but do it in a scientific way because this project or whatever project are to be taken up in this area they have to be disaster resilient yeah the way this project has gone ahead they have you know tried to bypass all the norms they have to they have tried to circumvent all the rules in fact they have not even considered their own rules so all these factor uh, have caused this entire region to become very disaster prone now disaster prone now in this year there has been an increase of landslides by 2900 times so that 2900 percentage so so it's quite huge if you talk about it so every every kilometer there is a landslide so all these things are happening because we are not considerate of the region and we are not doing things the way it should be done in this fragile ecosystem and in this fragile area jay ji we know that such incidents of tunnel collapse have happened in the past uh, what have we learned from them now we are you know these tunnels that are being made they're being drilled they're being blasted do we realize that the vibrations caused by this are making these unstable the slopes already which are so unstable even more unstable so these are things to ponder about and think and i really hope that one disaster which had happened in 2013 and then the uh, vishnugard project which happened in 2020 i think okay. so you know they should have been a wake up call for us but we haven't really learned from that and now the silkiara thing thankfully all 41 lives have been saved but what if they were not saved what would we have done then i mean i leave it at that with a so because we really don't have an answer for that Uruchi, I want to come to you. How do you see this project cutting through the Central Himalayas, which is an eco-sensitive zone? Uh, I just wanted to say that, uh, like everybody keeps saying that the Himalayas are very eco-sensitive zones. We also need to realize that they are the youngest fold mountains in the whole world. So you cannot compare them to other mountain chains like the Alps and all. uh and also uh, we are uh, uttarakhand especially is uh, it falls in um, zone 4 and 5 of the seism- uh, seismic zone so uh, it's a very very unstable and earthquake prone area and uh, there there have been reports there have been researches which state that uh, almost every century there has been a very uh, huge earthquake in this region but uh, there the last one was in 1803 in garhwal uh, so we are due for another high intensity earthquake and uh, the way we are uh, tunneling through our mountains and we are gouging the mountains for all this work uh, we need to rethink all this and also uh, one thing that we need to think about is just making a broader road so that more people can go there we have to think about the carrying capacity of the places where we are uh, sending these people the four dhams the gangotri yamnotri badrinath uh, and kedarnath they are in very narrow valleys and they are fragile eco sensitive zones the uh, the amount of people that are traveling to these places on these wide roads uh despite all the landslides and all is humongous there are carbon because of all these all the traffic 
that has increased there are there is a black carbon deposit on the glaciers so this black carbon deposit is causing the glaciers to melt faster which is uh, which is jeopardizing the water security of not just uttarakhand but of almost half of india which is dependent on rivers like ganga and yamuna and the other tributaries uh, uh, for their water uh, security but himanshu how do we understand the essential tunneling norms and how did the construction at selkiara deviate from these tunneling norms other than one of the few things that i have heard is that the monitoring that was being done was by a contractor rather than an engineering geologist so what do we know about that uh to this question uh, our stand would be that we are not much aware about the technicalities of the current sikyara tunnel how it is being constructed and who was the contractor and all our objective was to throw light on the larger picture now as a probe is underway to learn the circumstances that led to the incident an indian express report has learned that there were red flags over the geological challenges of construction the level of risk and how the project's parameters were changed the report mentioned that the alignment was quote unquote very unfavorable in two segments adding that interlocked individual uh, rock pieces could come apart due to the redistribution of pressure due to excavation making the tunnels ceiling and walls vulnerable to collapse only 3 months before the tunnel collapsed partially in august bernard group the german advisor to selkiara's hyderabad based contractor navyuga engineering had raised concerns the company noted and i quote since the start of the tunnel driving the geological conditions have proved to be more challenging than predicted in the tender documents thus confirming the results of the further exploration measures carried out at the beginning of the execution phase for the tunnel this thing as we had mentioned earlier also there has been a geological report which said that a large portion of the tunnel is on shared rocks if we understand that there were shared rocks then they were obviously that then they are fragile and with weight or ex- excavations they are bound to collapse so what did we do to strengthen that yes. the vibrations of the you know in that blasting also the the water sources above we don't know how the water was going down i mean percolating down so these are these, these are i don't think this requires any experts to understand this is just even as a lay person we understand that these are few areas which uh, uh, which were neglected or overlooked i would like to add here again uh, what we can see is the local knowledge was not taken into account because whenever we are doing such kind of projects it is very important that the local knowledge and local people are contacted because they have been living there and they know exactly how these mountains have are being formed and uh, how they have to, how they going to react and where all the water sources are and what what all things are there to be taken care of so what we can see there are a lot of things which going to be very difficult for future generations if we keep continue keep continuing with this mindless development model in future as well can i quote something here dr ravi chopra in his um, resignation letter has said he i'm quoting him he says i have seen engineers armed with modern technological weapons assaulting the himalayas they have slashed through pristine forests wounding vulnerable himalayan slopes to widen highways ever increasing number of tourists speed along them 
their vehicles spewing noxious gases that cover the towering peaks ahead in an unsightly gaze. The engineers exult and circulate photographs proving their conquest of nature, little realizing that they too are part of nature and cannot survive if their own natural environment is destroyed. I think it sums up so beautifully that uh, you, you don't play with nature. You don't play with nature. You can work with nature, but you don't devastate nature. I just wanted to add that the when we filed our uh, case for the first time in 2018, there were three uh, three questions that we had uh, put up for consideration. One was that the uh, ecology of uh, Uttarakhand is very fragile, especially considering the 2013 uh, Kedarnath uh, incident. The second thing was that this project has been broken up into 53 different sections just to bypass the EIA. And the third thing was that even before uh, we could file the case, um, before, the to, before, huh, before the first stage, uh, because the before the final clearance, 2,500 trees had already been 25,000, 25, sorry, 25,000 trees had already been cut without taking proper proper forest clearance, just on the basis of stage one clearance. So these were uh, all rules that were being flouted uh, blatantly, uh, just to, uh, just to make the pro project go faster and also when it comes to hill cutting there is a basic uh, rule that uh, the slope which has been cut has to be left uh, for okay. at least one year for the vegetation to grow back and kind of uh, strengthen it so this was not done everything was done in a great hurry uh, and the slopes were cut at uh, almost uh, 90 degree angles 80 degree 80 to 90 degree angles which uh, obviously resulted in the landslides, but also uh, made the hills unstable. And uh, what uh, what most people haven't considered is that the wildlife was affected. Uh, the the um, animals which used to go from the mountains to the river for water, for food, their uh, normal paths had been uh, bisected by this wide road. They cannot jump these... Uh, huge uh, retaining walls that have been uh, cut. So uh, in almost every way, uh, rules have been flouted for this project. And my final question would be, uh, because I also uh, went to Silkiara and I spoke to a few locals there, one thing that kept coming up is how the electronic media, uh, leaving behind the TV media, um, let's not talk about that, but just the electronic media, uh, how uh, they also did not really bother to talk about the locals, uh, talk to locals rather about what impact does the construction method uh, that was being used in the in the building of the tunnel, uh, what impact did it have on them and what are the observed consequences for that? Anish? No, the Chardham project or any project in the hills are brought uh, with a view that it will uh, help the economy of the uh, hill of the hills or of the hill state. But actually the opposite is happening. So when you are doing so much of hill cutting and disposing so much of markets, the uh, sand and the dust is going uh, in the uh, farms of the those locals, those small farms, which they are, uh, they are digging, they are using to run their livelihoods. The, those farms are dis destroyed. And then this uh, leads to displacement of the people for more and more projects and roads regularly peoples and villages displaced 
and their display is not once but twice or thrice so and as a community they break they are living in a community but when they are displaced someone is giving given uh, uh, given the the land piece of land at some place and those are far away from his relatives so it is actually hampering the ecology the socio socio aspect of uh, those locals also you know i'm sure that you quite oftenly interact with uh, locals there in the mountains so wherever these kinds of constructions are going on if you have some stories some observations of people talking about how their lives have changed because of this since you bring up local wisdom and native knowledge uh, i will uh, it's not an, an about um, having proof of it uh, moving away from our state i will go to himachal where the kalka uh, shimla um, tunnels are there 100 odd plus tunnels which have done fantastically over the years so i'm i'm quoting a little incident from there when they were stuck towards the end of the construction of the tunnel um the engineers couldn't figure a way how to get past through the end and there was this local um, so called uh, local holy ba- man uh, ababa baluka he went about and you know uh, found a way to get past that blockage where the engineers couldn't uh, you know fathom what was to be done next so that says something about these are people of the earth of nature of forest they have lived in those spaces for years they own it they know it these people know that land they know where the water sources are they have that knowledge is precious and it should be put to use which we have been ignoring all right i think that was a very important point that you have put forth with that we come to the end of this conversation thank you so much for joining this podcast thank you very much